Hello, my name is Blair Murphy and this is The Bishop's Office, a podcast where I talk to members of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints about their conversion, missionary service and life experiences. This week I speak to Olivia Mill about her finding herself and preparing for a mission. I hope you enjoy it. Well, Olivia, it's great to catch up with you and to spend a little bit of time with you. Um, I guess uh, hearing a bit more about your life. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm excited. <laughs> Christ. Um, now, uh, you were in Marialta Ward, I guess, a number of years ago. Um, but for those who might not know you, why don't you introduce yourself to us a little bit? Um, so I'm Olivia, obviously, as already said, um, and I'm in the Playford Ward now. Um, I'm actually preparing for my mission. I've been called to serve in the Brisbane, Australia mission. Um, so I start MTC in about um, 29 days, not counting at all. But yeah, I'm just really excited to get out there. And then I head out into the field on the 28th of April. So um, yeah, I've just been focused on um, studying and preparing to get out there and to serve the Lord. Cool. That's great. Uh, what was your childhood like growing up? Were you born in Adelaide? Uh, yes, yeah, so I was born in Adelaide. Um, and so the church has always been a pretty big part of my life. Um, ever since I can remember, I can remember going to church on Sunday and having home evenings and those sorts of things. But um, my parents aren't together. So it was always really my mom at church. And it was her that was, you know, my strong guide and, and support in those things. How old were you when your parents separated? Um, so I was about five years of age. Okay. So I don't remember a lot of it. Um just because I was so young, but I just remember, you know, going to my dad sometimes on the weekends or, you know, going up to my grandparents and that was how I saw my dad. And yeah, just having that bit of a difference. I know like with the church culture, I'd, you know, go to church and I'd see kids around with their parents and, you know, families getting together and doing things. And I always was like, oh, something's a bit different. So I think as a kid, I, I knew that there was, you know, something missing. Was that difficult for you to see, I guess, in your eyes, an ideal family um, at church or whatever, and, and that feeling different? Was that difficult for you or was it just something you noticed? I think as a kid, I kind of noticed it, but also like looking back at it now, it did have uh, an impact on me looking around and, you know, um, families going camping together or, you know, um, a dad, you know, taking their daughter out or something like that. And so with such a strong focus um, in the church on families, I, yeah, just remember looking around and just feeling a little bit out of place and mm -hmm. yeah, just feeling like something was missing. So was it confusing for you as a child that your mum felt so strongly about the church but it wasn't important to your dad and it sounds like his side of the family yeah it was definitely difficult you know um one side of the family said one thing and then the other side said another so seeing my mum be so strong in the church and you know want to go to church on Sundays and then you know my dad not being active or my sister not really wanting to go to church either I was kind of like, well, where does, where does that leave me? What's my testimony? My mom says one thing, but obviously, you know, as a child, you love both your parents and um, you take into account what they both believe in. So I just had to like, kind of get to a point where I was like, oh, okay, well, I've been told this is right. And I'm still doing it because I'm following um, what my mom's telling me, but where, how do I find out for myself? Mm. And how old were you about when you when you felt like you needed to find out for yourself? 
So I would say probably when I started like high school or like even um, like year seven, year eight, when I was moving up to young women's and, you know, like I'd matured a little bit more and I'd kind of worked out, well, I was trying to work out who I was and, you know, what my purpose was. And yeah, like, you know, all the typical teenage things you're, you know, finding out who you are and looking for friends and, and those sorts of things. I was like, well, um, what do those things mean to me and who should I be friends with? Like, who should I associate myself with? Because obviously, um, you know, starting high school, well, there's those that I guess have good standards and then there's those that may not have good standards. So it was hard for me to find out who I should really spend my time with. And so I think that um, in that I kind of chose the wrong friends and Mm -hmm. that kind of led me down a path that I didn't necessarily want to take. And I was kind of confused because obviously they were saying different things like, oh, well, like it doesn't matter. We don't really necessarily have a belief in God. And they didn't really go to church on Sundays. And I remember getting like um, invited to parties or invited to go out on Sundays. And I was kind of questioning myself. You know, I know my mom tells me that, you're not meant to do those things on Sundays, but I didn't know for myself. So I remember I kind of would like get led down that way and I'd just go and do activities with them or I, yeah, I was just trying to find out really who I was and what Mm. the gospel meant to me. Yeah, absolutely. And that's such a, a normal part of adolescent life, isn't it? Just trying to discover who we are and what's important to us. And we don't always get it right along that journey, do we? But um, ultimately, um, we hope that we find find the right path. So you, you talk a, a lot about, I guess, trying to find out who you are, your friendship groups trying to push you one way and all of that sort of stuff. And I think you use the word confusion. What, what changed in your life that helped you find that identity and helped you find clarity in that confusion? Well, you know, because the gospel was always a big part of my life, you know, my, I was always so close to my mom and like my family. So I had my cousins and I had, you know, my aunties. And so I always had like, um, you know, my foot half in the door, you know, I guess I was sitting on the fence. And so that was always, um, I still went to activities and, you know, I had those opportunities and my first FSY, I was about 14 years old. Um, and I was really nervous cause I didn't know anybody. And I remember just like when I was doing the registration, I was like, please put me in the same room as like my friends. Cause you get to choose one person. Mm. And I remember running up the steps to get to FSY and just really like had my fingers crossed. I was like, please have, like, don't put me with random people. Like, I hope I know someone. And like, I was paired with one of my good friends and like, that was so exciting to, to see. Um, but also we like there were so many other people that were in my dorm that I had no idea who they were and so it was awesome to get to know them and actually be in a spot with people that had the similar beliefs as me because you know um, previously I'd been at school and like I was the only member or you know there was only a few of us but just being in an environment where like everybody kind of had a belief in Christ and they had those standards and we were so young too obviously we all kind of felt the same way and Mm. so just seeing each other grow together. And I think on, so one of the last nights, obviously the testimony meeting and yeah, like obviously testimony meetings are just always great. And, you know, these people that I'd gotten to know and like, we were just all so connected. And I remember bearing bearing my testimony and I hadn't done that for a really long time. And I think that was the first time, I guess I'd done it in a public setting. And like, I was very emotional about it. 
and it just made me think well hold on hold on a minute obviously like to have a testimony I have to believe in these things and so it made me think that you know what I was sharing I was like obviously I know who I am and like I have an idea of you know what my purpose is but yeah just having that small little seed planted I guess so you have a this sort of powerful experience at FSY um, and you felt something as you were bearing your testimony. Is that what you're saying? And, and that sort of yeah, I felt the spirit, yeah. Um, what is it about FSY? You know, people often talk about FSY being sort of a powerful spiritual moment in their lives. What is it about it that makes it so good, do you think? I think just the fact that, you know, when we're out in the world, we're seen as like more of a minority and like, what's normal to us is not normal to others. So I think it's really difficult as youth and like, I guess why I say um, just trying to find out, like find people who have the the same standards as you because it's so hard to, you know, stand alone and to stand up for what you believe in. And especially when you're trying to work out, well, what do I actually believe in? Um, And so like just a powerful experience where, you know, you're brought together and, you know, you're given opportunities like scripture studies and, you know, having meetings together and like getting to know each other and um, you're all at the same level and like you're just, you're just like united and like you realize that you're not alone and that there's other people that feel the same way as you Mm. and that they have the same belief. I guess when I remember you about that age, um, I didn't know you terribly well, but we're in the same ward and to me, you seemed, you know, like a nice, shy girl, right? Um, And speaking to you now, and what I've observed of you recently is you seem just so confident and vibrant and enthusiastic about the gospel. I mean, you're going on a mission, right? Um, So what's happened? Why are you you so different? Or are you different? (laughs) Um, It was so funny when like people, you know, obviously people from Moriata, they came up to me and they're like, wow, you're going on a mission. Like, I'm so excited for you. Cause obviously I'd see them at firesides or Institute. And I really was this like really shy and anxious. And like, you know, I didn't put myself out there and I was kind of like, just like, Oh, people leave me alone. Like um, I just didn't know who I was. And I was, yeah, just so confused. And I just felt like an outsider. That's I think my biggest feeling of, because I didn't know who I was, um, I felt like everybody else did. And I felt like everybody else, you know, had a spot and they had a place and they had a purpose and they had all these talents and, you know, all these things going for them. And then there was little old me and I had nothing going for me, you know, like my parents were separated. Um, I was quite shy and, you know, I'm just different to everybody. So I think that was kind of scary for me. But for me, the gospel has been something that's been on and off, especially throughout my teenage years. And Mm -hmm. so I had like these really cool experiences um, of things that happened. And I definitely did have a belief in God, but I wasn't truly converted to the gospel. You know, I had a belief, but I wasn't necessarily like acting. You know, my actions weren't in line with what I was supposed to be believing in. I probably got to around the age of 16 or 17 and I know that those years are really hard and I just got to the point where I was like unhappy you know I'd kind of gotten confused and I'd gone in with the wrong crowd again and I was just like avoiding church meetings and I was avoiding you know people coming and visiting and like you know just seeing church members um, because I was like I was feeling guilty I knew it was right but I was just like I'm not ready to acknowledge it like I'm not ready to change my lifestyle 
So I just got to that point where I was just really unhappy. Like I knew that it was wrong. And um, I remember there was a camp and we just moved into a new area. We just moved into the Mobbury area and a lot of my um, family and my friends were there and um, my auntie and uncle, they actually were having a young women's and young men's camp. Mm. And it was on KI. And because I was an older youth, I was asked to be a part of that and to be a leader. And I was kind of like, why would they ask me like to be a leader? I'm not even sure, sure of what I am. I'm like, I'm not really that active, but they still asked me. And I was like, okay, well, I got to be an example to these younger youth and that they're supposed to be looking up to me. And I remember, you know, how I felt at that age and feeling a bit like unsure and a little bit of an outcast. And so I was like, look, like I'm going to have to pick up my game and just, um, yeah, try and try and be that example for them. And so that camp was really awesome for me. Um, I was able to be like to see those girls and to see myself in them. And I was like, look, I, I'm not happy with where I am uh, in my life. And so I remember, you know, we had another testimony meeting coming back with the testimonies. Um, and, you know, it was just good to see the younger girls. They had an idea of who they were and you know where they were going in life and they were able to share like their small beliefs and I was like I remember you know on my first FSY you know sharing that same sort of thing and I remember I think it was Brett Wilmot um, he shared his testimony and it was about his conversion story and that really touched me like I felt the spirit so strong when he was sharing that he was talking about how you know in his youth years um, he kind of was confused he was doing the wrong thing he gotten in the wrong crowd like he was you know not doing what he should have been doing and he just like realized that that's not how he wanted to be living his life and he was able to share how he made that change and you know he was able to share like how he gained his testimony and he was truly converted and like I looked up to him you know I'd grown up with him my -hmm. sister was friends with his daughter and like he was someone that you know, I looked up to and I was like, wow, he's so spiritual. He's so much knowledge and he's so great. And I realized, well, Olivia, if you want to be this person, if you want to um, truly be converted, I needed to change my lifestyle. And I wasn't happy with where my life was at. I was, you know, just kind of floating along. I was sitting on the fence and I was like half-hearted in what I was doing. So I knew that I needed to make that change. So how did you go about making those changes in your life? Um, It was actually interesting. I didn't realize at the time, like now looking back at this, I'm able to recognize the the hand that the Lord had in my life and how blessed I was to have been supported um, by him and so many others around me because on that camp, um, one of the leaders that was helping as well, um, Josh Butler, he actually was like, you know, um, one of our leaders and I got kind of close to him and he was able to give me guidance and, you know, just be a friendly face. And um, then like we kind of got back and I don't know if it was a few months later or, or so and the, the board boundaries changed and this was like a massive, a massive thing that happened. And so like it was split up and so Mobbury became Gulfview Heights Ward. Mm. And so um, he was called as the bishop and I was like, oh no, like look what's happened. I'm like, he's just a new bishop. Like he's probably already got so much going on. And I was like, I know that there's changes I need to make. And like, I wanted to talk to him about how I could make those changes and like seek his guidance and kind of, Mm -hmm. you know, um, be worthy and like ready to, 
I guess, get a calling and, you know, be proactive in what I needed to do. Um, and yeah, so I kind of put it off, but then I was like, look, I need to, and he's been called for a bishop for a reason. And I was able to like um, come to him and because I knew him from that camp and had gotten to, you know, um, be friendly and familiar with him, he was like an influential part in my progress and in me making those changes. I just remember he was so in tune and like he sat me down and like was able to share his experiences and his testimony and like give me ways I could change. So like I remember he told me to study certain things and like to create habits that I needed to. Um, and like it was just so, so awesome to to have him to be part of that. And so, yeah, it was really just about for me creating those habits, just making sure that I was studying and that I said a prayer each day and um, doing those things to embrace the spirit into my life. And instead of just, you know, having a belief, acting on that belief. And I think that's, I guess, really what conversion is when it's not just having a testimony, it's really acting on it and living the gospel. Uh, a great experience. And I love the way, you know, we see the power of a, an activity. We see the power of, um, I guess, examples and leaders. And we see the power of bishop in, in aiding in a repentance process. Um, what did you learn about the power of the atonement through that process of changing your life and, and repenting? Oh, so much. I, I guess I didn't really understand what the atonement actually meant. And, you know, often we're told as, as kids or, you know, we're told like repentance and that there's like steps to it. And we just think that like you just say this little prayer when you've done something wrong. But like I kind of just realized how transforming it is and um, how how individual it is as well. And like what I really appreciated was that he didn't kind of just tell me to do these things. Like he kind of checked in with me and was seeing how I was doing. And I remember... Um, I was just asked to like sit in the sacrament and to recognize, you know, um, what it meant and, you know, to really become familiar with that, that covenant that we make when we partake of the sacrament and like, just um, looking at those things. I remember there was one night where I was like, how long is this going to last for? I guess, how long am I going to, you know, be going through this process of repentance? And I was like, disheartened, um, I was like, this just seems like a lot of effort and a lot of work. And I remember just kneeling down and um, just praying to Heavenly Father and just saying to him, Heavenly Father, I've done as much as I can and this is a really hard thing and I really do want to change and I do want to be, be different. And um, I just remember like just the spirit telling me and yeah, just feeling that I had been forgiven and like just the weight that had been lifted off my shoulders and just the peace that I felt from that experience. Like I had a complete change of heart. And from that moment, like I just felt that peace and like, you know, like a weight had been lifted off my shoulders and I was like, I want to change my life. You know, kind of like I hear in the scriptures of like Alma the Younger's experience, like I didn't have a disposition to do evil. Like I really didn't want to. And I knew that that was when like, I'd been forgiven and that was awesome for me. You know, I realized that the atonement is so real and that we're not alone in it either, that we're also we're given the, the strength from Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ and they really are a key, a key part of that and they help us each time we want to do better. And, yeah, just like being able to connect with the Lord and feel of the peace that comes from just repenting and realizing that repentance doesn't have to be this 
and the atonement doesn't have to be um, this big thing that they really want us to just do it. And often it's hard enough to forgive ourselves, but that I realized we should be repenting each day and like growing and and learning and that we make mistakes, that we're imperfect. So that was really awesome for me. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that experience. It's wonderful. Um, You know, having had that experience, why wouldn't you want to repent every single day? Right. And feel that experience. You know, Satan tries to tell us that really that repentance is bad, right? That it's a big deal and, um, you know, it's going to be embarrassing or it's going to be hard or whatever the case is going to be. It's because he knows the power, right, that can come into our lives when we have the spirit come and and cleanse us and sanctify us. And yeah, it's it's a wonderful thing. Thank you for sharing that. How did you decide to serve a mission? When did that happen? Well, yeah, obviously as a kid, like I looked up to the missionaries and I always saw them and they were always really like there was something different about them. And I just loved that. Um, But I didn't necessarily like want to serve a mission. I didn't like I wasn't one of those kids that was like, yes, I'm going to serve a mission. But I think when I had my own experience, when I realized that the like the joy the gospel can bring and the peace that it brings into your life. And when I had experienced, you know, repentance and the atonement, I was like, I have this amazing gift and I have been given it and we all have access to it, but there's so many people out there that have no idea about it. And I was like, if you have something that has given you peace and joy and happiness, why wouldn't you just want to go run around and proclaim it to people? Like, why wouldn't you just want to tell everybody you can? And so I just decided that it was something that I wanted to do. And so obviously I knew that I needed to pray When this happened, I think when I started thinking about a mission, I was, you know, in year 12 and I was getting towards the ends of my studies and I was like, well, you know, I've had this cool experience and I do, I was kind of thinking about a mission and I was like, well, what am I going to do? Like, what am I going to do next year? Because we started applying for uni and it was that time and period of um, making those things happen. And I was like, well, I need to get a job and I need to do those things. I remember getting a blessing. So I was basically, so I was praying about it and I was, you know, moving towards it. I'd started going to seminary and, you know, there was just little things that were pointing out um, about like, I guess, service and like sharing the gospel and sharing the gospel with your friends, Um, little things that I'd noticed and picked up. And so I was really unsure and I decided to get a blessing of counsel from my uncle actually And so it was like a blessing of comfort and counsel when he like laid his hands on my head. um, I don't remember all the words in the blessing, but I remember basically he said, Olivia, you need to start saving for a mission. And I was like, okay, all right. (laughs) And so that was my answer that I needed to serve a mission. You know, it didn't say it like, Olivia, you will serve a mission. I just needed to start saving. And so I was like, okay, well, to do that, I need to get a job. And I need to start progressing and, you know, not just saving, but studying and doing everything that I can to do those things. So that was a really cool experience that I had that was like, okay, well, a mission is a thing that is is right and is something that I'm working towards. Now that's great. So tell me about receiving your mission call. I was so excited because of the COVID and everything that happened. I was asking all the missionaries, I was like, when is, when, how long did it take to get your mission call? They were like, oh, it's between like three and six weeks. And I was like counting down the days. I was like, okay, well, this is when I should get it. And I remember waking up that morning and I hadn't heard anything. And so I was a little bit disheartened. I was like, 
oh, it's obviously not coming. I'm going to be one of those missionaries where it takes six weeks instead. <laughs> and it was about, I think, nine o'clock in the morning and I got an email. I was just like looking on my phone and I, I looked at it and I was like, oh my goodness, it's my mission call. And I was so excited. And I was just like, I remember just jumping up and like, I just started crying and Obviously, I hadn't opened it or anything, but it was just like the email. It was literally just the notification that I got so excited about. And I was like, mom, okay, we need to contact everybody that I can and we need to organize um, for them to come. And we're going to meet at my auntie's house at five o'clock tonight. And I was just like busy trying to organize and like let everybody know. And so I managed to get everybody to come to my auntie's. A few people missed out because it was like the day of. I just couldn't wait any longer. And I remember just like waiting for everyone to come and like opening up my mission call. I was reading it and then I automatically saw Brisbane before everybody else could. And so like I kind of dropped and like had a big reaction and I was like, I will be called to serve in the Brisbane Australia mission. And like, I just remember like jumping off and like kind of just, you know, like just laughing and like getting really excited and everyone was like, we knew it, we knew it. And yeah, I just remember feeling, I was like, well, this is, this is real. And like, I just had to pinch myself and be like all that preparation and like everything has kind of led to this moment. And like, this is a new chapter of my life. Ah, that's wonderful. So I have one final question for you, but before I ask you that, are there any other experiences that you think um, would be important to share this time? Yeah. One other that I was thinking of So the start of last year, so as I was actually preparing for my mission, so after I'd finished school um, and I remember from the blessing how I was told to save. So I was actually waiting for, you know, proactively trying to get a job and I was, um, you know, applying crazily. And I remember that I decided that I would fast. And so I just was fasting. And part of my fast and part of my prayers had been that I would have a missionary opportunity, that I would share the gospel with someone who was ready to hear. And so I was fasting for those two things and praying for those two things. And so I was actually able to get you know, a few, a few weeks later and um, after, well, it was probably a few months actually after um, I'd been doing those things and praying and fasting, I got an interview. So I actually got two interviews and I got both of the jobs. It was funny because I got the phone call on the same day for both of them, but at different times. And I just felt that I should accept them both. I remember, so it was cheap as chips and it was in the bakery as well at Drake's and so um, one of them is really significant so I started my job at Drake's and my first shift was with this girl called Rihanna and I had no idea who she was never met her before and I didn't really know what to expect and she was actually younger than me and so it was weird having her teach me how to do the job but I remember we were just talking and we got along like instantly we were talking and we got along really well and she just said to me I don't know how we got on the topic but I said that like I'm religious and she was like asking what church I went to and we got onto the topic of um, describing the chapel and where it was and we found out that she actually used to go there with her nan. Yeah, went used to go there when she was younger and her nan was inactive now and her nan didn't go to church anymore. And she remembers when she was younger, when her nan stopped going, that she was like, well, how am I going to go? 
and what is my opportunity going to be? And so I was like able to invite her to actually come to church and, you know, be like, well, you know, if you ever feel like you want to come to activities. And so like I was able to work with her and like we became really good friends. And I remember her sharing with me the fact that, you know, when she stopped going to church, she actually, you know, knelt down and she prayed and she was saying how, like as a little, I think a 10 or 11 year old and she was crying and she, she was like just saying a prayer and she was just like to Heavenly Father, Heavenly Father, like help me to be able to go back to church. Like I don't know how I'm going to be able to. And so through me meeting her and, you know, um, inviting her to come to church and obviously I invited her to meet with the missionaries and, you know, to um, have those lessons. And all of this was in COVID. So it was um, quite difficult to do you know we first started off and then missionaries would change she was having online zoom meetings she would have lessons with one missionary set of sisters and then they would change all the time and so it was quite a long drawn out process of her working with them but I know that she had lots of good experiences and um, she was actually able to have a baptism during the the lockdown basically well during the like COVID and what everything was happening um and so we were thinking that she might have to have a baptism in her pool because she has a pool and she <laughs> we weren't thrilled about that idea but a week after we had decided that it might have to be in the pool the restrictions had changed and it was to about 20 people we had worked out um that that was going to happen and we picked a date and the only issue was that the sisters were all the way in Marion so I was set out with the task um with the ward mission leader um, to plan the baptism just seeing her baptism it was so so special to me because I saw her after that and she was so happy and I could see you know the spirit and the light of Christ in her and I don't know it was just such a awesome testimony to me of missionary work and you know the opportunity that I would have you know serving in, in a mission you know if I could feel this way for one person how many others there are out there that are looking and heavenly fathers guiding them and you know preparing them for the missionaries to teach and so that was really awesome and that just like cemented my um yeah testimony of missionary work and my desire to serve a mission and also like the, the power of fasting as well. I was fasting for, you know, finding a job and I found a job and I found someone to teach and Heavenly Father really, I guess what the saying is like, killed two birds with one stone. And it was just so beautiful to be a part of that. Yeah, that is such an awesome experience. I love so many things about that experience. Um, and But one of the um, sort of key points for me is, you know, you didn't hunt this person down. You didn't hunt Rihanna down, right? You didn't you didn't force her to hear about the gospel. You didn't, you didn't do any of that stuff. Rihanna was searching, right? She was searching. This is something that she wanted in her life um, and had been wanting for a number of years and um, meeting you was part of, of remembering that. I just love how um, your story shows how God is at, at the helm in all of our lives. Just a wonderful experience of, of missionary work and prayer and fasting and all of those things, as you say. Maybe to finish, um, a, a lot of what you described in uh, those confusing years is you, you kept saying the phrase, you didn't know who you are. So maybe to finish, you could um, tell us who you are. Yeah, definitely. That's like such a hard question to sum down into something small. But like I now know that I'm a daughter of Heavenly Father and I'm not just a nobody. I'm not just another person just wandering lost on a path but 
I know that he has a unique and divine work for us to do and that we are all sent to earth for so many different reasons and that we have, from my experiences that I've had, we have a unique role in each other's journeys and our purpose is to make it back to him, to help each other to do that. We're, you know, not in a um, fight against each other. We're in a fight against Satan and, and in sin and I don't know, it's just been so special to find out who I am and, you know, the divine qualities that I've been given and, you know, the responsibility that Heavenly Father placed places in us and has placed in me, you know, soon it'll be um, the responsibility to share the gospel and what my purpose is going to be. But to invite others unto Christ is a missionary purpose, but that's something that is a lifelong thing. It's not just going to be for those 18 months, knowing that, that's who I am and that I was sent here, you know, to grow and to learn. And I was sent here to help others also. And that we're all, you know, meant to do that. We have all different talents and we're not meant to compare ourselves to each other, but we're all just meant to to grow in, in who we are. Now I'm so grateful to know that, to know that I'm a daughter of him and that everybody around me is my brothers and sisters and that my work and my purpose is to bring them home. But first of all, I need to bring myself home to him. Mm. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, thank you for taking the time. It's been so great to reconnect and to hear about the experiences that you have had. Um, we wish you a, a safe and successful mission and look forward to seeing you in 18 or 19 months. Yeah, I'm excited. Thank you so much for the opportunity. I hope you enjoyed hearing Olivia's story. It strikes me that for all intents and purposes, from the outside during those teenage years, Olivia would have looked like someone who was completely disengaged with the gospel. But with just a few well-timed invitations and some good choices on her part, she's become this vibrant young woman ready to serve a mission. That's all I have for you this week until I speak to you again here in the Bishop's Office.